Welcome to the Entertainment Shelf Podcast, where once a week, Eric and I will be talking video games, movies, and the occasional board game. We'll be covering the big news of the week while also discussing what we've been playing and watching. With that said, thanks for joining us, and let's get this thing started. Welcome everyone back to the Entertainment Shell Podcast. This is episode two on October 29, 2016. I'm your host, Chris Arreo, joined by my man with the plan, my co-host, Eric Fiorelli. Uh, yeah, I plan on talking about video games and movies, if, uh, if that's what you're referring to. That's what we're going to be doing today. All right, let's get into it. All right. So, Eric, another week's gone by since we last talked. What's been going on? Yeah, well, I just want to say it's uh, episode number two, so we have now officially doubled the amount of podcasts we have. Yes, we now have 100% more podcasts than we did before. Yeah, we're on fire. Uh, let's keep it going. Anything else going on? Anything interesting? Well, uh, yesterday I got a root canal, so it was uh, that. How are you doing? How are you recovering from that? Uh, much better than I expected. Uh, it wasn't nearly as painful as it sounds. You close to 100% for podcasting? Yeah, there's almost no pain at this point. Good, that's, that's number one thing. So how about yourself, Chris? Uh, nothing much. I went to New York this Wednesday. Oh, awesome. For what? A Survivor event. That's right. You're a really big Survivor fan. Yeah, we got to watch Survivor with a bunch of actual Survivor contestants. It was pretty cool. Nice. Awesome. Awesome. You know what else is pretty cool? Halloween. And Halloween's right around the corner. Yeah, it's it's approaching rapidly. You been doing anything to get ready for Halloween? Uh, actually, yeah. Today, I uh, I carved a pumpkin, so that was oh, pretty yeah, fun. Carve anything special? You go with the <laughs> basics. Uh, you could probably guess what I carved. It was uh, it was a temple tea, the logo. Okay, well, that was really basic. <laughs> I was talking about basic as in, you know, your smiley face, two eyes, I mean, triangle nose. Yeah, that's that's a little too basic. Like, I can't... There's nothing wrong with that, though. I Like, I've been seeing, you know, like, people post pictures of these, like, super elaborate yeah, pumpkins. Well, don't like, Eric. Those people have talent. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry about it. Like, I'm not on that level, but I'd like to think I'm... I can, I can make a tea in a pumpkin, you thought. Yeah, exactly. Like... Like, I can do more than, like, two, three triangles and, you know, like, a smile. Like, so I went with the T. Yeah, I, I love those awesome designs. Really cool ones. There was, like, ones with Nightmare Before Christmas characters like Jack Skeleton, Oogie Boogie, Zero. It was pretty cool. Oh, awesome. Uh, yeah, I actually saw one. It was a Hylian shield from the Legend of Zelda games. It's pretty, pretty awesome. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Uh, it, that's actually kind of what made me want to carve a pumpkin. I'm like, oh, well, if they can do that, I think I can I, draw a T. Yeah, I can manage something. Okay. <laughs> So for what I've been doing to get in the mood for Halloween is I've been watching a lot of Halloween movies, but we'll get into that later. For now, let's get into what we've been playing. So Eric, you're up. Yeah, well, Battlefield 1 came out this week, uh, so I picked up a copy of that. Okay, how was that? I'm enjoying it so far. I've played about two hours so far, so not a ton, but uh, I'm getting my feet wet. So what's your experience with the Battlefield franchise? Where'd you start? How many have you played? Yeah, okay, so the very first uh, Battlefield game I ever played was uh, Bad Company 2. Okay, same. That's where I started. I really uh, enjoyed it, and then so I eventually played Battlefield 3, and I also have played a little bit of Hardline, and so now I'm here with Battlefield 1. I played some Hardline. I played only the beta, though. I wasn't really into it. I played 4 and 3. Like, not a lot, but enough. Yeah, you played Bad Company 2 as, as well, right? Yeah, that's where I started. I only played the campaign in Bad okay, Company 2. Okay, all right. Two. Cool. I've been playing uh, the multiplayer so far in uh, Battlefield 1. and so You've been experiencing any server issues, bugs? No. So, uh, I actually, I didn't play it on the day it launched. I played, like, it was, it was already out for a few days, so maybe on the first day there were server issues. But, but you haven't noticed anything? No, it's running really well. Because Battlefield's been known for their, their bugs Yeah, and Battlefield 4 crashes. had some major issues. Yeah, especially 4, yeah. Yeah. But no, it's it's a really beautiful looking game, which is after seeing uh, what EA did with uh, Battlefront, I fully expected it to, to look just as good as that. you have any preferred maps at this point? Not really. I've only played a few, like one's in the desert and other one's... Uh, kind of like in a forest area, so hasn't really set in yet. You just remember big landmarks, yeah, and you know I don't know like where my favorite positions on those maps are yet or anything. So it's, I mean, at some point I'll obviously develop. Have like, you uh, settled into a, a class yet, medic? Yeah, uh, I'm not sure if they like changed the names on them, but yeah, medic uh, is what I've been playing so far. I like to stick with one for a while, uh, and, like level it up, and then move yeah. on to the next. Uh, medic, I feel, is always a good one to start with because. You get a lot of points by just healing people, which is, you know, really and whenever you're like you're playing with the crew, you need yeah. a, you need a medic. 
Yeah, and that's what I that's what I do. I play this game with uh, my brother and one of our friends. So it's three of us, and yeah, we're we're actually all different classes right now, which is ideal. And they're all enjoying the game. Yeah. Uh, so my brother's friend, he's already a level forty three. Uh, he's he's insane. Forty three. He's really invested. Yeah, he's pretty much played nonstop since it's come out. But <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing he, wrong with that, though. No, he's, he's all your passions. Yeah, Battlefield Four was one of his favorite games, so he was super excited for this to come out. Uh, and it's also yeah, it's awesome having somebody like that on your team all the time that you can like rely on in these types of games. Any crazy stuff going on? You're seeing like any weird like physics, like explosions? Because I know in Four, like people are blasting cars in the air with C4 and things. Any of that? I haven't noticed anything like that but it's definitely still super destructible the whole map like you can uh be driving around in a tank and running over houses and things like that how are the tanks the tanks are pretty fun i'm mediocre at driving them but i'm i like getting in the the gunners yeah you like to support the guy driving yeah get a lot of kills nothing better than a a good kill streak in a tank yeah and i I like the way the guns feel in the tanks because you know like they're really powerful but they're not super easy to aim. It's not like I don't feel like I'm just mowing people down or anything. Yeah, like when you're in the tank, you feel powerful enough. But when you're also versing a tank, you feel like you can defeat it. Right. Yeah, you can definitely take them down if you so have the right balance. equipment. Yeah. And then also they have the uh, like the Red Baron style planes, which are pretty awesome. That's actually been uh, the part I've, I've been most uh, impressed with uh, because I wasn't really a fan of, of the jets in uh, Battlefield 3. You didn't really get any of the jets or helicopters? No, I like, I mean, I'm not too great at flying them. Are you usually a tag along? Like you don't fly it yourself, you're just in there? Yeah, I like to like spawn on people and then I'm automatically controlling the, the gun, uh, which is really fun. And yeah, so just getting into like dogfights in the air and those like old style planes it has been really fun. So you haven't taken a shot at flying it yourself or you have in this in this new battlefield? I did and it felt better to me than the the older games but i mean i definitely still have to practice to get better at flying them so are you at all interested i don't know if you bought it but the premium pass for this yeah no uh i'm pretty sure it's what like 50 bucks bucks. yeah it's almost like paying for a second game yeah i mean that well that's that's what you know companies have to do now if they want to keep the base price at 60 bucks they just have these crazy expensive expansions yeah if i'm gonna go all the way on it and spend like 110 bucks it would be for both those things i I need to know the game's good spend some time with it to know i'm staying around yeah i mean i totally recommend the game if you're looking for a good first person shooter but i mean there's you know call of duty is right about to come out titanfall 2 is right about to come out so and they're gonna have all their passes too I've yeah. just been burned enough with buying a pass, expecting it to be good, and it's not that good. I mean, I will say oh, EA has supported the uh, Battlefront pretty well with their season pass. Uh, map packs are still coming out. Yeah, I'm not saying the the maps themselves have been bad in the past. It's just a lot of money up front. Yeah, it's way too much money, in my opinion. I, I don't plan on getting it at all. Is that all you got on Battlefield 1? I wanted to say, so Battlefield 1 takes place in World War One. Uh, which is different than all the other ones that I've played that, that you know, were more modern. Yeah, most modern shooters are taking place more future as much as it can. Like, right. like the new Call of Duty, mm-hmm. trying to be Halo at this point. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I was really excited to see uh, how how things would be different. To be honest, like the guns feel really similar to how they felt in the previous games. I was I was hoping maybe they would feel like a little heavier and maybe be just like a little harder to shoot and aim not to like a degree where it's like annoying or anything but it's like harder like it'd be harder to fight back then yeah than with like modern guns yeah the melee system is actually pretty sweet though uh how does that work yeah there's like uh there's several different uh weapons you can equip so right so you're not just going up and stabbing someone you no know, it's not just like okay everybody has a knife like you can have a shovel as as your uh, melee okay. that's what i would do <laughs> yeah that's awesome uh you can have like a club with spikes on it. You know what I'd say when I'm going to hit someone with a shovel? I would say, dig this. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a good yeah, line. Yeah, dig his dog tag. <laughs> okay, yeah. I have not unlocked the shovel, so I haven't been able to do that yet. Oh, it's not even unlockable at the beginning? It's a, you can unlock the shovel? Yeah, you have to unlock most of the melee weapons, but... I it's feel- buried under a lot of points, that shovel. <laughs> yeah, but so like, all right, you know how guns back then had uh, like pointy... Oh uh, yeah, bayonetta. Kind of yeah, thing. exactly. I, Bayonet. That's what that's what I was using. And so when you, it's not like you know in Call of Duty games. I don't know if 
the newest ones like this, but it's you just take a slash and someone dies immediately. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's not like that. So you can kind of stab someone from like far away and do like a little bit of damage. Like you can take a couple like quick jabs. Is it like, is it like you get more point, like more damage done if you're behind them, catching them unaware? Yeah. I'm sh- I, I've only st- killed like three people with uh, a melee weapon so far. But yeah, it seems like the farther away you are, like the less damage it'll do because you'll just do like a small kind of jab. And then if you're up close, you'll do more of like a full. But even if you're right. if you're like facing somebody and you are right in front of them, I think you still normally have to hit them twice, at least with like the starting melee weapon. All right, it's interesting trying to make uh, melee more interesting. Yeah, so I can I, get on board with that. Yeah, I like I like what they did there. Um, and then also. Uh, there's been like some cool animations like uh, they have a uh, cannon cannons uh, on one of the levels at least I was playing and got it I I used it and I shot the ball and then when I hit the reload button it actually like popped me out into like a third person view of the camera oh, yeah yeah and you go through like a whole animation of like putting in the next cannonball does that get repetitive well I only used it like a little bit so I maybe I mean if you're getting shot at and you have to do that I'm sure it's not you can get killed in that animation. I'm assuming I didn't get shot at, but I, I would. I don't think you're like safe. No, I don't think so. But it looked really cool. Uh, I like what they did with that. That is kind of like the old time World War One feel. Yeah. Like if I felt like you're there. Yeah, exactly. But you're not there. <laughs> yes. You're in a game. So, so I appreciated that. But yeah, no, I'll be playing this game a lot more. This is gonna be a a game that I play for like an hour a night on the weekdays with like my brother and and our friends. So I'll have a lot more time uh, spending with it. So what's next on your docket? Yeah, uh, so I've also been playing, I know I talked about it a little bit uh, last week, but I've been playing some more Downwell. Uh, I actually, I've been enjoying the game so much on the iPhone uh, that I decided to take the plunge, spend the three bucks and get it on Steam as well. Yeah, I saw you playing it on Steam. Yeah, and as you would imagine, it feels so much better. You using a controller or mouse and keyboard? Yeah, uh, I was using keyboard at first, just keyboard, um, which felt really good. And then I decided to try and use my Xbox One controller, uh, and that felt even better. I yeah, think. I, I first time using controller this week, too. I also played Downwell this week. It yeah, felt pretty good. I think that's the way to go. I actually, I don't know about you, but I use the D-pad instead of the joystick. Yeah, uh, uh, no, I use a joystick. See, I'm, like, used to using D-pads in, like, N- Nintendo games, so I prefer that. And the Xbox 360 D-pad was pretty horrible, so, and I haven't really used the Xbox One D-pad a whole lot, because you don't normally have to, and, like modern games but it actually i was it felt really good and it was pretty responsive so i was happy with that so you make any more progress in downwell yes so with downwell it's not one of those steam games where you can play on one computer and then it'll like save your progress so if you play on a different computer because i've been playing on my laptop and also my i never tested it like when you take a run you had to like the runs over or you can you come back to a run no you can't it's a one and done, right? Yeah, like you can. I mean, you can hit pause and then come back. Oh, I guess yeah. you could do that. I never tried that. Yeah, you can't. You can't like save in the middle. I don't usually last long enough to even try saving it. Yeah, I'm getting. I'm getting better. I. I I'm probably still far off from getting to that final boss, but I'm having a really good time with it. What says a lot about it is like I started picking it up just to practice out my controller on the my laptop. I was like, I'm just gonna goof around with uh, Downwell for a little bit, and I was like, started getting really into it again. Yeah, couldn't put it down. It's yeah, you pick it up and you're like, it's one of those games like, all right, just one more, one more try. Yeah, I can do better now. I can do better. Yeah, and exactly. I don't do better. But. Yeah, so basically, right now I have download on like three different th- systems: my my iPhone, my laptop, and my PC. So I have like three different saves going, but it's I'm really enjoying it. All right, anything else? Uh, well, the other game I was uh, playing, I started playing Bioshock, the original Bioshock. This I've week. been playing this too. Me and Eric been trying to play this at the same time, trying to stay in the uh, same groove, right. same amount of time. Yeah, so we're both getting pretty close to the end of like chapter one. Yeah, I got about an hour and a half. What would you say you have in it? About an hour, yeah, a little less. hour 15. Yeah, yeah, I'm a little farther ahead than Eric. Yeah, but uh, so I've been playing this on my PC. And even though the game is nine years old now, it came out in uh, 2007. It still looks great. Yeah, I don't know if that's the update they did on it. It's not uh, because I the update uh, was free on PC if you already own the original. Yep. But it's it's actually like a completely separate download. Oh, okay. And yeah, so I was gonna play the update because you know why not? It makes sense to do that. But it's been having some issues on on the PC version at least. It's been like bugging out and there's been glitching and crashing. So I was like, you know, I'm just gonna play it safe. Use 
play the original game and it still looks so good like i I don't even care you know yeah i agree like soon as you like get into rapture like when you're first introduced to it it looks awesome yeah for sure so i mean it seemed like kind of an unnecessary update in my opinion but i mean i would never complain over better graphics or free on pc yeah exactly can't really complain yeah uh, yeah, so I've been actually, I've been playing this game like alone in my apartment at night uh, with headphones on and it's kind of really like added to the creepiness of the game. Yeah, it gives off a creepy vibe. Yeah. Uh, so like it's a first person shooter, but it's kind of more like Halo where you're sort of like aiming down the, you're not aiming down the sights, but you have like that reticle like on the middle of the screen. You can aim down the sights, but it's not, I don't really like to play like that. I I haven't been able to, I've just been shooting. So, I tried to aim down, but then you have all those buttons connected to, like, your your power right. or your changing your weapon. For me, I mean, like I said, I was playing on PC. Oh, you are too, though, yeah, actually. Yeah, yes. so I had to press in, like, the right uh, joystick. Oh, okay, that's, and that, I didn't do that. Yeah, so try try that. But still, I don't like to... I can probably change the button, but I don't like to click in and click out. It's just uh, annoying. So but, how do you feel about any of the characters? I, I really liked Atlas, the guy talking to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he seems... Uh, cool like he just chimes in every once in a while and and then you always like feel good when he's talking because then you don't feel so alone. yeah when he starts talking i'm like oh, okay i can play this game yeah but then when he goes away i'm like oh, i'm, I'm by yeah, myself like, where'd you go but like I, i'm also like i'm at the point where i'm like oh is this guy a great guy i don't know he does have family on the line which mm-hmm. could like he's already has priority somewhere else than just me well but, yeah he just like he drops that on you right away he's like Hey man, like you're my only hope. Like you're the only one. Hey, that thank can goodness see. you're here. You're my only hope. <laughs> yeah, it's like well, it's what like, a coincidence. I don't owe you anything. I don't even know you. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, except for the fact he kind of helped you at the beginning. Yeah, he does help you a little bit. That's true. But yeah, I definitely feel kind of uneasy playing the game, like in a good way though. Like, I mean, you just got a bunch of characters going around, going, "I'm gonna get you" and stuff. Yeah, and yeah. like sounds like it's like that like classic slasher horror movie. The guy slowly making sounds, mm-hmm. but you don't know where he is. Well, that's why. I, I like the view of the game is because when like the, when you're getting attacked, the enemies are like right up in your face and you can see them. And if it was like a third person view view, it'd, it'd be a lot less scary. Like if you could see your full character, because then you're not getting like uh, and people aren't like really they're not as close. So, well, it's also more of like you don't have really a character as much like you are your character. Yeah, like exactly. And there's uh, they have RPG elements. It is a first-person shooter, but there are elements of RPG. I don't know if you got into the part yet, but you are given a choice pretty early on to either save someone or not save them for benefit of yourself by not saving them. I don't know how much impact it has on the game, but I like that it's in there. Oh, awesome. Uh, no, I didn't get to that part yet. So Yeah, it's, that's where I got. I got right past that. I started the first Big Daddy fight, and then I died. That was the first time I died. Okay, cool. Yeah, I've died a couple times, but they're pretty like generous on... Uh, putting you back like close to where you died yeah i wouldn't know i only died once okay yeah so uh, i'm really enjoying that especially now since halloween's right around the corner it's it's just a great time to play a game like this yeah i wasn't really uh, used to the the combat system it felt kind of weird to me but like once i got the shotgun things really opened up it started feeling more like doom just blowing things away yeah i haven't gotten the shotgun yet unfortunately but uh telekinesis is cool too your power to throw things back at people but is this guy throwing grenades at you? You can catch it and throw it right back at him. Oh, cool, cool. I thought um, that was interesting. Yeah, I, I've been like running out of ammo and stuff, so I, I've been just like using the wrench a whole lot. <laughs> yeah, uh, with shotgun, though, I felt like I had enough ammo. Did cool. you also get the uh, machine gun? Yeah, I have the machine yeah, gun. Yeah, I ran out of that like as soon as I got yeah, it. Yeah, like right away. Yeah. And it's it's pretty expensive to uh, to get ammo for that at this point in the game. So You can also um, repair robots. Did you do that at all? Yeah, I did do that a couple times, but I was did you like the mini game. No, the, I thought it was all right. It's just like I get really panicked sometimes, and I kept messing up. Like the the first robot, though, I repaired him right away. Yeah, like the mini game where the it's like the pipes and you have to rotate on. Yeah, and yeah. Like I like the mini game, but you also do the same exact mini game if you're trying to hack uh, a machine. To, yeah, it's for everything. If you want to get a lower price for health or mm-hmm. for other things, it gets really repetitive. Like already, so yeah, I can see late game that getting annoying. Yeah, but it's it's all right. It's like it's a cool twist. Are you listening to any of the tapes you find? No, I, I don't care about that. Right oh, I listened to them right away. How long maybe, are the Maybe are I had the tapes? A, not a benefit listen to it right away because I'm fighting and people were talking. I have no idea what they're saying sometimes. Oh, like it's just, it goes oh, over. Oh, you just hold A right away when you pick it up and then it starts playing the tape. Oh, so it doesn't like pause the game though? No, it's just like Atlas talking to you. All right. Well, that maybe I'll start listening to some of them then. I just don't like to pause the game. Some are interesting. Game. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, I just I, it's also more of the Atlas thing. I like, feel someone's there. I just play just to feel like someone's there. Yeah. Okay. I'll check that out. I just assumed it would make me like stop the game and and listen to whatever the tape was and then uh, resume. So no, it's pretty fast paced with it. All right. So uh, yeah. How about that's all you've been playing, right? It's yeah, I've fun. only been playing Bioshock this week. I tried getting Rogue Legacy in. I wanted to start that. Couldn't get it working on my PC. So. Uh, okay. So, yeah, Steam. You never know. Like. It could be like just one little tiny thing wrong and like it just won't get going. Yeah, I have to figure that out. Yeah. Um, all right. So going on to uh, some gaming news, Nintendo Switch has a... Bringing back the Switch again. <laughs> yeah. There's a press event uh, on January 12th, uh, which is actually one day after my birthday. Uh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Nintendo's going to hold a presentation about the Switch, uh, which is going to reveal the launch date, price of the system, and also the lineup of games uh, being developed for it. So we're going to. So announced it's going to be held at the Tokyo big site. Right. Yeah. It's going to be uh, taking place in Tokyo, but it's going to be live streamed. So yeah, globally. All, yeah. So we can all uh, tune into it. I mean, we talked about the Switch a little bit last week. I wanted to get a little deeper into it, mainly on. Uh, the price. I wanted to ask, what do you think the price uh, should be? Well, considering I I think of Nintendo systems as a side console to your Xbox or your PlayStation. Right. It's it can't be more than those. I'm hoping somewhere between two fifty and three fifty. Yeah. So I think two. If they could get, if they could sell it for two fifty, I think that would be great. The, the issue yeah, with, that'd be awesome. The issue with Nintendo is. They do not like to sell hardware for losses or even all that close to a loss. And the fact that this thing's supposed to be like set on par with like a PS4 and, and power, but it's also like a tablet type device and it's way, it's in a way smaller form factor. I mean, this thing has to be expensive to develop, especially because Nintendo doesn't. Yeah, is the consumer going to think it deserves to be expensive? Like it's a small system. No, I'm not saying that that's. But I don't think the consumer's thinking of all these factors that go well, into it. Well, Nintendo's going to be worried about if the consumer's getting them buy it. So that's a thought going through their head. Right. I, I'm just, I don't know. It's got to be pretty pricey for them to uh, to make. So I'm, I don't know. I th- I wouldn't be surprised if it was three ninety nine uh, at launch. That's pricey, but I can see it being that. Yeah, I think it would be a mistake. I think it should really be close to 300 but I'm not sure. We'll see. We were talking about Battlefield earlier. I wanted to bring up the fact that how is the Switch going to handle games that are just multiplayer? Yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll see because, yeah, I, I guess you can't really have internet connection if you're playing, you know, in the park or whatever. And so say like Call of Duty, all those those kind of games, eventually just go full multiplayer, forget about the campaign. Are those kind of like publishers going to walk away? Like Is EA going to eventually walk away because they can't put their multiplayer games on that console? Yeah, I don't know. I think the only way EA and and those guys would walk away is if the system just can't handle uh, the gra- like the game's graphics anymore, because they're not going to want to like develop a separate uh, type game uh, with like less graphics just for the the Switch. I don't know. Even if the games went full multiplayer and you can't play everywhere because you don't have an internet connection in certain places. Like Nintendo's still marketing the the Switch as a home console right now. I mean, if you just you can't, I think it'd be fine. Like, okay, I can only play Call of Duty at my house with an internet connection. I don't think that really hurts it. Yeah, uh, I've kind of come around to the Switch since last week. I'm more pro Switch. The idea of like Nintendo's just putting all their games in one area, their mobile mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. their console, so I can get behind that. Yeah, it's because now we'll maybe, I mean, I would assume we're finally going to get, you know, like a poke, a home console Pokemon game, things like that. Even like Fire Emblem. Yeah, uh, that'd be, that'd be nice. Yeah, like Animal Crossing is going to be coming back to your, uh, your home console, which is exciting. Yeah. So, uh, Civ 6 has. You're a big fan of Civ 5. Yes, huge fan. Surprised you're not playing Civ 6 yet. Well, with the Civ games, especially with Civ 5, what happened, I got it maybe it was already like two three years old and and you gotten it pretty recently yeah well i've had it for a couple years now but when i got it every single expansion pack was already out and i got it for like a great deal like all combined so that's one thing about the civ games when they first come out the base games normally pretty light on content uh but actually civ 6 has been pretty much everything that the expansions added in civ 5 are at the in the base game of Civ Six. So, in your opinion, not playing it yet, you think Civ Five is not as good as Civ Six base game, or the opposite? 
Yeah, if you're comparing Civ 5 base to the Civ 6 base, uh, Civ 6 like is going to be way more robust. And with all the stuff, is it better, Civ 5, at uh, this point? or They seem really similar to me at this point. I mean, I, I haven't played Civ 6 yet, but like it, it looks very similar. There's there's obviously, obviously some smaller uh, differences. Like now you can uh, combine uh, units, I think like three units, and make them uh, like one more powerful unit. Uh, right, I have no idea what that means. Yeah, it it's kind of cool. Uh, it takes up less space on the map and makes it easier to manage your units. Like Civ Five doesn't have that, so but like nothing. From what I can see, there's nothing like like huge. Like no like huge difference at this point. I'm sure once more expansions come out, the first and you know second, however many expansions they have for Civ Six, I think that's when you'll really start seeing the differences. Yeah, watching footage. I'm not really interested in Civ at all, but watching footage, it's I can't really tell a difference at all from the other ones. It seems like a game you need to have friends to play to be interesting for me, because I think a Civ is more of like a board game okay. than like something like Crusader Kings, which I think is more more yeah. in more stuff, you know, more things to do, feels I mean, more realistic. Yeah, if you could have you know like six friends to play Civ with, that'd, that'd be awesome. But it's just super. Like, really... There's no role playing ability really in Civ. No, and. That's and, a problem for me. And the games take so long just to complete one one round. It, it's so hard to get people to to sit down for that long to you know just play Civ like all day long. Yeah, that's the only way though I'd get on board with Civ. Yeah, I actually prefer just against the AIs because the AIs are are hard. Because you're bad. Yeah, no, the AIs are are hard uh, as it is. So I think they they make the game uh, really fun. And then all right, so moving on to some more gaming news. Now I never played this game any of these games i've barely played one of them but uh kingdom hearts hd uh 1.5 and 2.5 remix was just announced the other day now uh, i take it back I, I played these games when i was younger can't really remember anything okay fair enough yeah so this is gonna be a ps4 uh exclusive and it's supposed to come out march 28th 2017 uh so in total it's gonna be six different kingdom hearts games all in one disc which they is- said all six adventures yeah, it's kind of confusing because... If you know nothing about which, Kingdom Hearts, it's confusing. Yeah, I mean, neither of us know a ton about it. I don't it. know what Remix means, 1.5 means. Right, so 1.5 and 2.5, from what I understand, were two games that were on the PS3, uh, and they were already like bundled, I think like three games each, uh, from what I uh, can understand. But yeah, so this remix doesn't include uh, Dream, Do- Dream Drop Distance, which was the 3DS uh, Kingdom Hearts. That's the one I'm that, disappointed. <laughs> that's the one that I've played. I only played it a little bit of it. I, I, and I never even got to the part with like the Disney characters and stuff, which is like why I was playing the game. But yeah, Kingdom Hearts has always looked really interesting to me because there's only so many good Disney games. You yeah, know? it looks interesting. I like the concept of like you're battling things with Disney characters. Yeah, it sounds all about Disney. So exactly. I can, I can get into it. Yeah, the storyline is pretty difficult to. It can be like intimidating because there's been so many at this point. But I've I've always been interested, and this is kind of just like another. It's another game that is pushing me that much closer to to wanting to get a PS4. You know, this is it. This is the game that's gonna push you to get PS4. It's a, no, it's another one. Like there's okay, you're just building a you're just building a, a bridge right now. Yeah, yeah, like I'm you're almost there. Like that's uh, the Spider-Man game that's gonna be coming out eventually. Like that is maybe like the one that I, I would I'd want the PS4 for most, but. You, I haven't ever played the Uncharted series, so you know those games too. And this is just like Uncharted another... gonna be important later in the conversation. That's right. But yeah, this is just another game. Like if I were to buy a PS4, I'd be like, oh, and I can play Kingdom Hearts now, which would be cool. And uh, the last bit of uh, gaming news is well, I just also want to say, uh, did you mention it's also available to pre-order right now? I didn't, but yeah, well, there it is. If you want, if you want to, I heard it's available to pre-order on Amazon. Okay, cool. Just do that now. You won't have to worry about it for. Uh, in 2017 and then the last uh, little bit of gaming news is there's a steam halloween sale going on right now love steam sales yeah so the sale goes uh, until november 1st so depending on when you're listening to this podcast uh, you can still hopefully take advantage of it yeah the halloween sale in my opinion seems better this year than from what i can remember last year i mean for based on all steam sales you're pretty much set with the same sales you usually see on games yeah uh, last year i don't know maybe i'm wrong but I feel like during the Halloween sale, it was actually almost only Halloween specific games or like ones games with like Steam does like to do that. Like they do like during the election and stuff like here's only political games. I feel like it's more like kind of a fall 
deal like sale and it's like oh let's put it on halloween because it's the biggest thing kind of just like winter is not necessarily like christmas or anything it's just like the winter sale mm-hmm. right right uh well i have 20 uh games on my wish list right now and when i checked out this the sale 10 of the 20 were were on sale and at least five of them had you know like nothing to do with anything related to halloween at all whatsoever which which is awesome i actually picked up uh super hot which was on my wish list. Yeah, it was forty percent off, which is the cheapest I've ever seen it go. So I got so it for, how much was that? It was fifteen bucks. Fifteen, it's still pricey, but yeah, I mean, it's still a semi, like, relatively new game. So I, I felt like that was a fair price. Yeah, there's some games I'm, I'm always constantly looking at during the sale. There's Mark of the Ninja, which is on sale. I'm thinking about buying it. It's four dollars on Steam. All right, that cool. game looks interesting. Same vein of like Rogue it, Legacy. It's like, four dollars the sale price. Four dollars right now. Okay, cool. On sale. All right. And then there's also Don't Starve for four dollars, which yeah, is a good which is a good deal. Don't Starve looks really fun, especially around this time of year. Like that is an actual like that makes sense for it to be on sale during the Halloween sale. Yeah, up. it's got to kind of have a more scary, darker, creepy vibe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, all right. So that wraps up uh, gaming news. Now uh, let's get into what we've been watching. I guess I'll start off this. Uh, I've been watching anything new, Eric? <laughs> Not really. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've been watching more of The Sopranos. I finally finished up with like the filler storyline that I was kind of talking about. Yeah, getting back on the main plot line. Yeah, that that line, plot line is definitely done now. So I they should be there's Things less. They're all starting to come together. Right. Yeah. There's less than ten episodes to go now. The last season, and I'm really looking forward to getting back to the the actual storyline and uh, you know getting closer and closer to the the show's finale. All right. So that's that's it. You've been watching Sopranos. Yeah, for the most part this week. I've been I said earlier I'm watching Halloween movies. We're gonna save my watching for later. Uh, okay. I'm cool with that. Alright, so with that being said, let's move on to movie news. Alright, let's do it. First up, Sean Levy to direct the Uncharted movie. You're right. So alright. I feel like there's a lot riding on this movie to be to be good. There's a lot riding on a lot of movies. Yeah, but I mean for, from like the uh, video game community because yes well we should say in case you're not aware uncharted is based off of a video game franchise right the uncharted series starring nathan drake yeah and so as we all know video game movies tend not to to uh turn out all that great none of them turned out great we still have hope with assassin's creed yeah this seems to be the next big thing yeah i guess i mean tomb raider maybe or the tomb, tomb raider Raiders? crap all right yeah angelina jolie's is a perfect Laura Croft, right. but the movies themselves aren't good. Yeah, exactly. So there's never really been like a great video game movie, but the Uncharted series, uh, the video games it fits ha- perfect. Yeah, it's they very have cinematic. They have very good storylines themselves. So you would hope that they could create a good story for now, the movie. Have you played any of them? I haven't, but I played two. Two is one of my favorite games. Okay, two's really, really interesting. I, as soon as I played, I'm like, this is just like a movie. Right. It needs. It should be a movie. That's and what everyone says they, about Uncharted 4 as well. Yeah, hopefully they capture it with this. I'm not... Now, I don't know if you know who uh, Sean uh, Le- Levy is. Uh, not really, You're no. aware of his work. He directed the uh, Night at the Museum movies. You seen any of those? I've seen the first two. I think there's only two, right? There's three. Okay, I've seen Sadly. the first two. <laughs> uh, the first one is, is decent enough as a family <laughs> comedy. I saw it when it came out. I enjoyed it when I was a kid. But he's also... Well, the other two aren't that good. He also did Cheaper by the Dozen. I don't know if you've seen that. Yeah, that was I. I like that movie. You remember as a kid, you yeah, like it. As it's a kid. not that <laughs> yeah. good. Uh, he also did Pink Panther two. My mom loves those movies. Uh, they're they're like another fun family. I for some reason I feel like Pink Panther one was good, but I can't remember Pink Panther two though. I know it wasn't good. I, I just can't, remember, I can't remember how bad that. I remember was. the the hamburger. Yeah, I like to buy a hamburger. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was funny. That was a good scene. Like his, he also did the internship. With okay. Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson. Gotcha. I, I've like seen most of that, actually. Yeah, the Google thing. Is it Owen Wilson? Yeah. Vince, yeah, okay. So those aren't that great of a resume, but he, some of his better ones he did was uh, Date Night. i never seen it, but it has Steve Carell and Tina Fey. Uh, yeah, I've seen that one. They got good decent one. reviews. Mm-hmm. Did you think it was funny? Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. All right, so that's one of his better ones. And he also did Real Steel, the one with, with Wolverine, Hugh right. Jackman. Okay. Where like, he's a, they fight with robots. So I think that maybe is like, the the movie that it like makes the most sense looking at at his resume for Uncharted yeah because it touches on it's got like when you're trying to go for an Uncharted movie you don't want to touch on some comedy right because it's a little it's a light it's lighthearted mm-hmm. but it's also kind of Indiana Jones as you got to get serious mm-hmm. 
I feel like Real Steel kind of fits that mold. It's got some heart, but it's also got it takes itself serious too in parts. So I mean, I I'm not a huge fan of Real Steel. Right. It's always okay. Yeah, I don't know this. I mean, I'm a little bit surprised after you just read off that list that he got this gig to be yeah, honest. Like he's a director, but I don't think he's a bad director. Okay. I just don't think he's that great with like, well, most of his bad movies are comedies. Right. And this isn't a comedy. It's not necessarily yeah. a comedy, but it's going to have comedic moments. Yeah. Hopefully he focuses Doesn't... more on the stuff he's good at, which would be having some heart mm-hmm. and having a good story. Let's hope he doesn't mess it up. But yeah, I wanted to ask you, uh, who do you think would make uh, a good Nathan Drake? Well, that's what I was going to get to. The The most important part of this movie for me would be making sure you get a good Nathan Drake. Right. The director can be decent as mm-hmm. long as he does what he needs to do. But if you don't have a good Nathan Drake, you're not going to you're not going to have anything. Right. Uh, I think in personally, if we just gave the guy from the Super Mario Bros. movie a, a second chance, I think that'd be it. I don't even know who that is. <laughs> okay. Well, Tom Hanks was originally supposed to be in that movie. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's okay. Yeah, he probably would have been better off if he was in it. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so everyone's saying Chris Pratt, you should be mm-hmm. Nathan Drake. Chris yeah. Pratt, no. <laughs> He's already in everything. Give someone else new a, a shot at being, uh, having a franchise. So yeah, I don't know who I'd be up. Bradley Cooper, maybe. That'd be interesting. But I don't know. I, with both those guys... I feel like they're so big. I kind of like to see somebody Someone like... Someone smaller. I mean, yeah. Nathan Fillion would be great, but he's kind of younger. I mean, he's, he's kind of older now. I don't know if he, he's he's the age of like starting a franchise. Yeah, because, He'd be a good old Nathan Drake. Right, but I, I don't really think that's what they're going for. I have no idea, though. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's something... Uh, I, I'm happy with an unknown guy going in there. Yeah, I'd be totally Giving cool you a that. shot. Mm-hmm. But if, he, if he's just a bland Joe Schmo... I'm out on this movie. Yeah, well, that that wouldn't be a recipe for success. So, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see who gets the, the job. All right. So, uh, next up on movie news, we have uh, the Deadpool movie. Lost his director, Tim Miller. Right. Uh, he's no longer directing a sequel. He directed the first one. So, I heard it was uh, some creative differences. Yeah, people are saying it's creative differences. Uh, have you heard, like, any specifics? Like, what? Yeah. There's some rumors that Miller wanted, like, $150 million to make this movie or close to that more than he had originally to make the first one. And he wants to make it more like kind of stylized and more like the bigger superhero movies you see nowadays. Uh, okay. And Ryan Reynolds was to stick with the style they went with the first one. I think that's the way to go personally. I mean, who knows though? You don't, you never know if Miller had a great vision, but what's, what is interesting is kind of sad to see Tim Miller go because he was there since the beginning with Ryan Reynolds trying to get the first one made. But uh, they're, they're going in an interesting direction. There's, Rumors that John Wick director David Leach going to direct the next Deadpool. Okay. How do you feel about that? I'm excited. I, did you see John Wick? No, I didn't. I saw it. It's uh, one of the better action movies I've seen. It's like very highly entertaining. The, the action is amazing. And the comedic moments that John Wick does have all seem to hit. So I feel like he's perfect for this. Yeah. David's more of a guy like you could like, he could jump in there, do what Ryan Reynolds wants vision wise. But also add his own style when it comes to the violence, the action that benefits the movie. See, like his resume sounds like it's a perfect fit for this, actually. Yeah, he's perfect. If you like without Tim Miller, he'd be the next guy. I mean, there's other rumors that Matthew Vaughn was going to do it, who's great. He did Kick Ass and uh, Kingsman, which are movies that I love. Cool. But I'm happy with this pick. He's also doing John Wick 2, which I'm excited to see. All right, but it sounds like David Leach is the front runner. At the moment. Right now, yeah. All right. Uh, so I wanted to ask, do you think changing directors uh, will negatively impact the, the final product of Deadpool tool? Or is it like, is it too early in the process that it won't even really matter? Well, it's early in the process right now for Deadpool 2. So that's not going to matter in that, like the idea of like having enough time to pull, pull it together. But it, it could affect vision wise. I mean, Miller's a good director. Right. I mean, I, I hope David does a great job keeping this good. Because, uh, I, yeah, I mean, a lot of people are looking forward to this movie, so hopefully they get everything figured out. I mean, sometimes when a director stays on something for too long, they start doing not well with it. Like yeah. Sam Raimi, amazing with, uh, with the Spider-Man movies, mm-hmm. one, two, really well-received, great quality over, overall. Third one was terrible. <laughs> you didn't like Sandman? I like Sandman. I didn't like Sandman, Venom, and who else was in that? And uh, Goblin with James Franco. Oh, too, yeah. too many villains. It's also just not very entertaining. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a disappointment for sure, that one. 
Yeah, they focused on like less. That's what I'm saying. Like, Raimi got. There's also rumors that like the movie company got too involved with it, which is what made it not what Raimi first envisioned. But right. sometimes director stays on too long. I mean, they I, lose interest. You could, we also go back to last week. We talked about Christopher Nolan and the Batman movies. Yeah, one, two, really good. And then you shit the bed on the third one. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know. But, you, I mean, you do want to see some consistency. I don't really want to... I feel like style... I mean, you saw Ryan Reynolds there. Yeah, it's true. That, that'd that be way worse if he if he left, but... I feel like taking it to a, a big budget, modern superhero movie like everything else, it's going to... Different style. Not going to work. Okay. All right. Uh, and then moving on, we uh, The Incredibles 2 release date has been moved up and Toy Story 4 has been delayed. So essentially, uh, Disney pulled the old switcheroo uh, on us. <laughs> the old switcheroo. <laughs> yeah. And they, they basically just swapped the release dates, uh, release dates for these two movies. Yeah. So now Incredibles is hitting theaters on June 15, 2018. Yep. And Toy Story will come out on June, June 21st, 2019. 2019. Yep. So... I kind of like this move because we got Toy Story 3 back in 2010 and we haven't had uh, The Incredibles since 2004. Yeah, uh, if you're saying, what have I been waiting longer to see? Obviously, it's The Incredibles 2. Yeah, uh, and I mean, I'm really excited for both movies. I'm a, I'm a fan of both uh, franchises. Um, it seems a little weird that Toy Story is coming out with another movie, though. After... Yeah, I'm of the mindset Toy Story should have stopped. Yeah, I mean, they they ended the trilogy with, you know, a nice ending, in my opinion. Uh, but I mean, I love Toy Story, so I'm not really complaining. I'll if, take another. If any Pixar movie needed a sequel, it was The Incredibles. It wasn't Finding Nemo. No. It wasn't Monsters Universe. Oh, Monsters Universe, they could have used a sequel, but it got a prequel. Right. Toy Story definitely... I felt finished it and tied it in a bow with three. So I'm happy Incredibles is coming first because that's the one I'm most excited to see. Yeah, same here. Also, with Toy Story 4, I wish they would at least change the name to something better. Toy Story More? I like that. That'd be good. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll, uh, we'll pitch our ideas to Disney. To okay. Pixar. All right. So uh, next up on the docket, we have uh, Edge of Tomorrow 2 news. Yes. We have the director, Doug Lyman saying he's going to make a sequel. That's a prequel. That's the big news headline. And, and quote, he will revolutionize how people make sequels. It's a pretty bold statement. And I'm I'm interested in this a lot because I love the first Edge of Tomorrow. It's a really entertaining movie. If you like video games, it's very video game-like. You die a lot and you come back to life. You either try and try until you perfect your level and, and you win. So you're not surprised that there's this sequel coming out? Well, no. It did... Uh, it did I think decently well for the uh, company. Yeah, I heard it was 350 million globally is what they made on it, which is a good amount. I mean, you still have Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt coming back, who were were amazing in the first one, and you have the same director and Doug Liman. So, the same team. I can I have to trust them. I can't say no when it's the same people working on it. They made something great. But like that's the thing. I mean, uh, you're saying it's great. I totally trust you on that. I just don't remember hearing. A, uh, like I knew the movie was coming out. I don't remember hearing people like raving about the it, first. It one. got bad buzz going in because people were like, "Oh, this is just Oblivion with Tom Cruise again." But it wasn't. It was a way better movie. And people were saying the trailers weren't good for the first one. That's why a lot. Of, I liked the trailers, but people were saying they're bad. I thought it, the trailers were fine. I went to go see the movie when it came out in theaters, and I loved it. And I think everyone who saw it loved it. And there was a lot of buzz. It was just that oh, there was also a lot of working around with the title. I think they changed the title like twenty times. They went from. They had like, Edge of Tomorrow to like Live, Die, Repeat. Yeah, Live, Die, Repeat, right. Yeah. And it's based off of like All You Need Is Kill or something. So there's so many titles going on. So it's hard to keep with like what is this movie? It's kind of confusing. Yeah. So hopefully they clean up that in the trailers for this one. And I, I've talked about how I'm not a big fan of prequels. Right. But this prequel idea fits perfect for this kind of movie. It's a movie about time travel. So if you're taking the sequel and you're going back in time to before the first one, that makes all the sense in the world. Yeah, so uh, it's definitely an interesting concept for sure. It seems like it'll uh, be a good fit. And I, I'm really, I like that Lyman's like trying, like he's going about this like I'm trying, I'm taking, I'm taking a chance with this movie. He says I'll never make a prequel, but I will make a prequel for this. I feel like he's the kind of director. It's like I'm gonna try to bring something new to the table instead of trying to make like a lot of money and do the, go the safe route. Yeah, so I, mean, I trust him. He, it sounds like he's got a lot of confidence in his ideas, so it'll be interesting to see uh, how it turns out. And Lyman obviously did. He did this. He did Swingers and The Born Identity. So he, he's done movies that are original ideas. Right. With that being said, let's move on to the Split trailer. Okay. So uh, I've never really seen anything uh, with a similar storyline to this one. Uh, 
but it's a pretty interesting idea. Uh, well, with- the big the big thing here is that it's directed by M. Night Shyamalan. Did you see that? No, I didn't. All right, yeah. Well, M. Night Shyamalan doesn't have the best career record right now. You know, After Earth, The Happening, right? Uh, the Village. He had a little upswing with The Visit. People liked that. I didn't really care for it. Okay. So that's the really big news is that M. Night Shyamalan is doing another movie. So the interesting part is that James McAvoy is starring in it. Yeah. He's obviously in the X-Men movies, if you're familiar with those. Mm-hmm. And then, he, so the concept is that he's a man with 23 personalities. Right. And that's what I was getting at. I I don't know of any movies that have done anything. I feel like movies have touched on people with different personalities disorders. Maybe not like 23, though, like at being that that uh, important to the storyline. It, it's definitely asking a lot of James McAvoy to pull yeah. off like 23 characters. Uh, I like the nine-year-old version. Uh, yeah. <laughs> His name's Kevin in the uh, trailer. Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely... Very creepy. Yeah. It feels it, like kind of horror vibe. I mean, yeah. And then I don't really know what was going on with the whole like Bigfoot twist or like. like it's not. It's, it's, it's not like Bigfoot, but. I was with the trailer until it got to like the whole point where like there's this thing now where it turns out people who have personalities can develop actual powers of the people, their different personalities. And he started turning into like a monster. Kind yeah. Of it seemed kind of random. I mean, if, it were, if I mean, if you can pull it off, I'm interested, but I'd rather them not go that route. I'd rather them just be a crazy guy. Kind of go like psycho and they were they were uh the girls that he like was holding cap uh captive yeah he kidnaps at the beginning he abducts uh three teenage girls yeah and then they start realizing that they can like talk to the different personalities and yeah, try they realize and, he's not the same person yeah and they're trying to figure out like okay which one do we have to talk to to get us out of here so that part was yeah the moment where he shows her the window i like that part yeah. like, oh what did you want to get out like you thought it was a real window, yeah, exactly. But the girl, the main girl, Anna Taylor Joy, she's she's from The Witch. I want to watch that before Halloween comes, but that's supposed to be really scary. She seemed great as the main uh, abducted girl. Yeah, in the trailer, uh, every all the actors and actresses looked uh, really good to me. But yeah, I, I I don't know the whole beast thing might kind of ruin the movie in my opinion, but we'll see. Well, you're saying it doesn't. You never really seen a movie like this. I want to say it's the same concept, but it's got similar elements with uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane, which was about people kind of being abducted and held and hostage. Right. And you're not really knowing how to deal with the person that's in charge, where their personality really is. So I got similar vibes to that. It's all up to M. Night Shyamalan. If he can, this movie's going to go one of two ways. It's going to be really entertaining, a really good attempt at a movie, and it's going to work. I mean, or it's going to be very funny. Like, you're going to watch it and be like, he's trying to, when M. Light's going to be like, I'm trying to be serious here, but you're just going to be laughing your ass off. Yeah, the different personalities and stuff. I can see it going really bad, the different personalities being kind of too comedic and not be taken seriously. Yeah, true. All right. Especially when he starts like beast, beasting out. Oh, trying yeah. Trying to rip bars open. Like, it could be either very scary or very funny. Yeah. And I'm I, sure I M. Light's aiming for very scary. <laughs> That's the idea. And also comes out January 20th. January's not great for movies, but. We'll see with that. All right. Sounds good. So uh, we're moving on to a uh, segment special for this week specifically. It's our Halloween special segment. Mm-hmm. We're going to be talking about our, our favorite Halloween movie or show that we like to watch around this time to get in the mood. Yeah. All right. So you do you want to get started off? Sure. I'll go first. My The movie I always like to watch around Halloween is a, a little movie called Paranorman. It's a stop motion animation. Are you familiar with it at all? Uh, no, I actually, I had to look it up and it's like a, yeah, it's like an animated movie. Um, I, mean, I was actually surprised that it didn't look familiar to me. Um, it's by Leica. They've done Box Trolls and Kubo and Kubo, they did okay. Caroline, uh, Coraline. You ever Got, see that? Uh, I've heard of it. Yeah. That's another good Halloweenish movie, Coraline. Yeah. But it looked like a, a cool little movie though. Paranormal. It's, I love it. It's, it's considered a, a comedy horror, but it's obviously for kids. Right. The concept is that it's kid who can see dead people yeah and then he's kind of like everyone in the town doesn't like him because he's a weirdo except for like one kid who's really cool he has to he then has like the uh, obligation of now having to save the town from the witch's curse which is a a witch i guess annually every halloween attacks the town but his uncle who's played by john goodman has been doing this has had this mantle of stopping it every year he reads and then stop from this book and stops the witch's curse. So his uncle is getting up there and is going to die. So he tells uh, Norman, who's the kid's name, that he has to now 
do this job. <laughs> and that's where the movie kind of starts. Okay. Yeah, it sounds uh it sounds cool. Um it, it seems like something that I'd I'd rather watch this than like, you know, it's, uh, Saw it, or something. Yeah, it's very funny. It's it's not really I mean, there are scary moments, I would say, like not for like us, but like for kids, I would say they're very scary. It's the opening's great. They kind of like they do a lot of spoofs on other com on other horror movies, which is pretty interesting for a movie for kids trying to tackle those big concepts. Yeah. Uh, all right. It definitely seems like so. You watch this uh, like every Halloween. You said uh, I. I just started. I started like last year. I started watching. I, I watched it already again this year. I'm probably gonna watch it on Halloween again too. All right. Awesome. Yeah. So for me, I don't have like a favorite Halloween movie, but kind of what I like to do is normally uh like revisit revisit one of my like favorite shows and watch like a Halloween themed episode. So I actually ended up going back to The Office, uh, which is just one of my favorite shows, and I watched uh. Season seven, episode six, uh, costume contest is the name of the episode. It's a very funny episode. It's such a good episode. Uh, you had so you had Dwight dressing up as the Scranton Strangler. Yeah, Mike, that was that was hilarious. Michael was uh, McGru- McGruber uh, until he gets mad at, at Dan uh, Daryl, and then he uh, decides to dress up as him. <laughs> uh, and then people are like Michael, when's the last time dressing as someone's ever helped you? And he, never. <laughs> I like the part when um when Dwight's the the Grand uh, strangler. strangler, and then Jim's like, "You, my people, people might think you are this Grand Strangler." He's like, "My chickens think I'm the Grand, yeah. <laughs> grand Strangler." Yeah, so uh, it's it's very comedic, and uh, it's you know like a lighthearted uh, twist on you know Halloween. But yeah, I, you know it's it's the Office. It was just a twenty minute episode, but it was a good time going back and uh, re- revisiting that. Yeah, you got some fun costumes they're wearing too. Mm-hmm, yeah, Pam's olive oil. Jim won't be. Uh, Popeye. Popeye. Yeah. Daryl is uh, Dracula, not Blackula. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Michael's mistake on that one. All right. So I wanted to jump back to a movie that I've been, I watched this week that I wanted to save for this segment specifically. It's a little movie that you probably not have heard of. It's called Murder Party. Yeah. I've, I'm not familiar with it. I'm a big fan of the horror comedy, which is like similar to Paranorman in a way. This movie came out in 2007. It's, uh, it was very small. It's, it's kind of got a cult following around it. It was directed by and written by Jeremy Solnier. Uh, he also directed Blue Ruin, which is a movie I think is amazing. It's, a, it's about like a kind of a bum who had his parents killed by this guy. And this guy gets released from prison and he takes it upon himself to now kill this, the people who killed his parents. <laughs> okay. But instead of like, he's not Batman, he's just an average guy who's not good at things. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so it, it, but it's not a comedy. It's very serious. Yeah. Okay. And then he also did The Green Room, which I haven't seen, but I want to. Uh, so I would say Salnier is big on making movies about average people put into these crazy cons- like situations. crazy situations, yes. Blue Ruin also stars uh, Macon Blair, who's also in Murder Party. He's not the main character in Murder Party, but he's a very funny character in Murder Party. So the movie does star, uh, who, who the protagonist in the movie is Chris. So that was interesting. Now I know why you like this movie. So Chris, he pretty hits head on the nose who Chris is. He's a he's an average lonely guy. Okay, but he also seems, he also seems to be very into the Halloween spirit at the beginning of the movie. Okay, the movie is if you're into movies that are like this is Halloween. I feel like I'm in a Halloween movie. Awesome looking. You got pumpkins. You got awesome costumes that seem like you would see actually on the streets. Yeah, and all the decorations like the decorations you see in your neighborhood. So if you like that stuff, yeah, I definitely watch it for that. So the concept is this, this lonely guy who's in the Halloween who's lonely finds an invitation to a murder party. He thinks obviously, oh, this is just a fun party. Yeah. I, I I have nothing better to do. I'll go. Oh, awesome! Yeah. So now he throws a costume together. He does it by um, he rips open like some cardboard boxes, gets some duct tape, and like makes himself into a knight. It's pretty. Fu- it's pretty nice looking costume, based on the fact that it's made out of cardboard. Last minute. Yeah. I, yeah. So like you're like okay this is fun and then he starts going to the party this this is one of my favorite scenes is like he's walking down a street and he's like, it's really dark and no one's around and he's like lost not knowing where the place is and I'm like in my head like this is the part where I go home like screw this I'm not waste <laughs> this is already creepy right and then right after I said that he starts booking it down the street running really fast like he's just scared being by himself in the street yeah. so I'm like that that's perfect yeah that's how I feel he did what you were thinking yeah. Uh, the movie overall is not very scary. Like you could watch it easily and not be scared. 
All right. Cool. Uh, there's a lot of tension though, which is uh, some great tension. But so he just finds an advertisement for a legitimate party where people are murdering each Not other. Not an advertisement, a le- an invitation on the ground. So he gets to the party, right? And then you f- <laughs> this is where the concept ensues: is that the party is an actual murder party where these crazy artists wanted to see if they could get someone stupid enough to come to the party, <laughs> tie him up, and then murder him and make it art. Okay, cool. <laughs> so the movie pretty much involves him sitting in a chair, tied up, and the artist w- waiting for the perfect moment when to murder him. And then stuff happens, obviously. There's some great costumes. There's one guy dressed up like a gothic vampire. You have uh, the guy making, he's dressed like a werewolf. And then the more interesting ones is um, you have someone dressed like a replicant from Blade Runner, which is a movie I think mm-hmm. is uh, really awesome. And um, someone dressed like a baseball player from the warriors which is another very cult-like movie i've heard of it yeah, yeah it's, it's very entertaining so that that's fu- so you obviously know this guy loves movies the guy directing it the acting was especially strong in the movie that's what carried it i feel like, like making obviously was one of the stronger actors in it everyone performed well it's interesting that i didn't really care for the protagonist because he wasn't like giving much to do like he pretty much says nothing because he's by himself until he gets to the party and then they tie him up and put a yeah. thing over his mouth <laughs> So he says nothing. Like his few moments to get, he has the shine. He does pull it off when he has to say what he has to say. But like overall, I'm like, I don't care if this guy dies or not. Okay. Like obviously, like it's pretty the, mean. But the murderers are way more entertaining. The only reason I cared about him is because he's in the situation he's in. Yeah, right. Like otherwise, I wouldn't care about him. Like I cared way more about his murderers because they're <laughs> way more entertaining. Overall, I didn't like the payoff at the end for a lot of the characters. I thought some of them could have better payoff. But I did like once it starts getting gruesome at the end. That's when like all the murdering starts happening all, with all the buildup. Like that stuff's pulled off well. The 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 murdering and the head splattering, all right, and blood. Cool. So not a not a terrible ending, but I like uh, it. No, it's not like it doesn't ruin the movie, but it wasn't like amazing. Okay, definitely watch it though. It, it captures Halloween. It's very fun, and it's not that much of a commitment. It's commitment. It's eighty minutes. All right, cool. So it's an easy sit, and it's over. So thanks, everyone. That's the end of our podcast. We'd like to remind you can follow us on Twitter at ENT Shell Podcast. We're also on YouTube, Facebook, and iTunes. Uh, just search Entertainment Shell Podcast. We'd like to ask for feedback if you feel up to it. We're still new to this, and we'd like any way to improve. So that's it. Thanks, everyone, and peace out.